going to complete our study today on the subject of turning our covetousness into contentment. And I wanted to just say a little bit before we moved on about that and, and talk about that just a little bit. John Stossel, uh, who was an interviewer at one time for ABC, interviewed Ted Turner, who developed CNN and Time Warner and all kinds of things. And he's made millions and billions of dollars. And he was talking to him about Forbes' list of the richest Americans. And, uh, and he was asking Turner if he was ever motivated to try to go up the, the list and be richer than everybody else. And, and he said, of course, you want to be number one. <clears throat> he said, nobody will ever catch Bill Gates. But he said, it's fun thinking how you can get higher on the list. Everybody wants more, and that's okay, Saucer said. Yeah, I think it's okay, said Turner. It's your money. You can do whatever you want. If you want to buy a big yacht, yacht, you buy a big yacht. If you want to buy something new, you buy it. And, and he said, well, what about the presence of greed in America? Turner replied, well, greed, greed, greed. Everybody's greedy. There's nothing wrong with greed. And you see, that's the attitude of a lot of people. But that's not the contentment that the Lord's talking about that we can have. And that's not the peace that he wants to bring into our lives. So you have to determine that you're going to learn uh, from other people and from the Lord to trust him. Learn from the failures of others. And John D. Rockefeller said, I've made millions, but they've brought me no happiness. Cornelius Vanderbilt said, the care of millions is too, too great a load. There's no pleasure in it. John Jacob Astor said, I'm the most miserable man on earth. Henry Ford, near the end of his life, said, I was happier as a boy working in a mechanic shop, though we had nothing. So it's, it's interesting that we can... We can get caught up in this trap. Paul says, I've learned to be content whatever my circumstances. You see, to live in God's promised land daily, you must reject covetousness and receive God's contentment. How do you do that? You ask God to just help you see your blessings. You ask God to, to help you to know that you have enough and that you can make the most of it. I hope you will do that, and I hope you'll learn to do it. I want to talk with you in these last few moments about... Uh, another area where we want God to give us the victory in our attitudes, and that's in the attitude of turning rebellion into submission. This was one of the big problems for the people of Israel. They were always in rebellion against God during those 40 years. They were constantly upset with God about something. The psalmist summed it up. As I mentioned, their example is mentioned all through the Scripture, all through the Old Testament. The Psalms mentions it a lot. But in Psalm 78, verse 17, we read these words. But they continued to sin against God, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? And they, they talked about this all the time. Verse 40 says, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again they put God to the test. They did not remember his power and the day he redeemed them. And then verse 56 tells us, but they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High and did not keep his statutes. All through there, he keeps saying they rebelled, they rebelled, they rebelled. They constantly rebelled against God. Rebellion is knowing what God wants you to do but refusing to do it. We're all rebellious. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord's laid on Jesus 
the sins of us all. So rebellion is I want. I know I should, but I won't. You can't make me. Rebellion is a choice that becomes an attitude. Those who choose rebellion for their lifestyle will spend their lifetime in the wilderness of life. That's what, we, that's what these lessons teach us. Rebellion starts in the heart. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. It's like the little boy who was standing up in the back seat of the car instead of getting into his car seat. And his mother said, sit down. And he said, no. And she said, sit down. And he said, no. Finally, she started to get out of the car to make him sit down. So he sat down and put on his, his little harness in the car seat. And he said, I want you to know I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. That kind of describes most of us. A lot of times, even when we do obey, it's grudgingly. We're still in rebellion in our hearts. Now, that was the attitude of the people of Israel. They refused to go to God's promised land. They were afraid. They had a bad self-image. They had no confidence. But their ultimate problem was rebellion. Their confidence had to be in God, not in themselves. Psalm 78 that I just read reminds us of their story. It tells how they continually, continually, continually rebelled against God. Rebellion actually is one of our most basic sins. And that was the sin of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It's the root sin. It's kind of the mother sin. First Samuel 15, 23 says, Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. It's just as serious. Witchcraft is a terrible thing. It's a cruel thing. But rebellion is just as bad, the Bible says. And rebellion is a sin against God's goodness. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 78, 18, they willfully put God to the test by demanding food they craved. You see, God's not good. God's not doing for us what he ought to do. He ought to do more. It's a sin of ingratitude. The psalmist says they forgot God's goodness to them. He, he did miracles in the sight of their fathers. He divided the Red Sea. He guided them with a cloud by day and fire by night. He gave them water out of the rock. And on and on and on. But they constantly refused that and re refused to remember that and did not appreciate that and were not thankful for that. It's bad enough to despise your blessings, but to greedily demand more is serious. The word sin means missing the goal or the mark God has set for you. We're so blessed we Americans, but we don't appreciate it. We're constantly demanding more. We don't see God's goodness. Romans 2, 4 says, Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness and goodness and tolerance and patience? Their sin was expressed by words, Psalm 78, 15. 19 they spoke against the lord they criticized god and spoke against him it was like what have you done for me lately was their attitude this was a sin against the most high god the bible says and not some man not some high officials this was el elyon most high compared to all the other false god the exalted one their rebellion was against god's holiness they rebelled against him and it, and it grieved him you see god was grieved by their sin and grief means that he hurt because of it his heart was broken because of it he he was he felt something deep within him self because of it and this sin was expressed by forgetfulness they they constantly forgot all the good things that god had done for them i want us just to stop right there today as we finish up remember think of what god's done for you think about how he brought you out of 
sin into salvation. Think about how he has given you forgiveness. Think about how he has a place for you in heaven. Think about how he wants to guide you, and through his spirit, he lives in you today, whatever you do and wherever you go. And you can trust him. You can depend on him. He's a dependable God who is willing to do whatever is necessary to make life best for you. So trust him to do that, and let your life be glorified through him. God bless you. Have a great day.